All right, Wrestling With Theology fans and Pro Wrestling America fans, it is time once again for episode number 115, Pro Wrestling America from the Young Arena in Waterloo, Iowa. This week, there are no changes in the roster because, well, we're still recovering from Sting leaving with such a astonishing way to go. So as we build into the card for tonight, let's look back at the last couple weekends of house shows. You've got February 26th in Terre Haute, Indiana. David Von Erich beating Eric Embry. Special Delivery Jones defeating Great Kabuki. Marshall Von Erich defeating Mance Warner. Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert defeating Iron Mike Sharp. Michael Hayes defeating Brett Wayne Sawyer. And The Undertaker defeating Terry Funk. The next night in Champaign, Illinois, you had Dangerous Doug Gilbert defeating Ross Von Erich. Rick Rude defeating Billy Gunn. Steve Carino defeating Jerry Lawler. Jushin Liger defeating Jimmy Golden. Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels defeating Iceman King Parsons. And then the American Tag Team Titles match where the Sawyer Brothers successfully defended the titles against the combination of Chris Adams and Brickhouse Brown. Last weekend, March 5th, Peoria, Illinois. Special Delivery Jones defeated Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Jimmy Golden defeated Dirty Dutch Mantell. Iceman King Parsons defeated Terry Gordy. The combination of Kurt Henning and Austin Idol defeated Sting and Great Muda. And the Von Erich brothers defeated Chris Candido and Rick Rude. The main event that night was Shane Douglas defeating Buzz Sawyer. The next night, March 6th, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. You had Marshall Von Erich defeating Rasta the Voodoo Mine. Jushin Liger defeating Kurt Henning. Buzz Sawyer continuing his feud with Dirty Dutch Mantel with a victory there. Dangerous Duo defeating the Gilbert Brothers. Jesse James Armstrong defeating Gold Dust. The tag team of the Fabulous Freebirds defeating Iceman King Parsons and Brickhouse Brown in the main event there in a brawl that definitely rocked Cedar Rapids. Now we get to today's card. The beginning of a tournament to crown a new world heavyweight champion. With Sting's departure from the PWA, with the unified PWA and BTW world heavyweight titles, I needed to crown a new world champion. I decided to take the entire PWA roster and seed all 37 wrestlers in a single elimination tournament to crown a new champion. This card's matches have the bottom seeds facing off in order to narrow the field down to 32 wrestlers. And there are some great combinations among these five opening round matches. And the card is then topped off by two title matches. Brickhouse Brown with his mandatory television title defense against Buzz Sawyer, and Great Muda defending the American heavyweight title against Jesse James Armstrong. So we begin with the first match, Great Kabuki versus David Von Erich. Kabuki did everything he could to win the match, but it all came down to David rolling away from a springboard leg drop. David applied the iron claw and quickly pinned Kabuki in a time of 9 minutes, 32 seconds. The next match had Iron Mike Sharp against Dangerous Doug Gilbert. 
Sharp and Doug had a brilliant match that brought out the heel in each of them. Sharp got the win in a time of 10 minutes and 35 seconds with a backslide with his feet on the middle rope. The third match of the card had Billy Gunn facing off against Rasta the Voodoo Man. Rasta sought to end the match early, but Gunn would not be put away so easily. Gunn quickly got on the offensive and gained a significant advantage until Rasta threw him out of the ring. Rasta went for a splash with Gunn up against the ring post, but Gunn moved out of the way, and he barely rolled under the bottom rope to beat the referee's count. So you have Billy Gunn winning the match by countout in a time of 7 minutes, 8 seconds. The final two matches in the tournament in this opening round have the Von Erich brothers in showcase. The first of them, Ross Von Erich facing off against Mance Warner. Both of them being faces, Mance and Ross put on a great display of sportsmanship in the match. While Mance would have loved to have brawled his way to a win, Ross was able to keep the match within the traditional bounds that the Von Erichs are known for. Ross went for a flying drop kick, but Mance stepped out of the way. He slides behind Ross and applies a dragon sleeper, and Ross is forced to tap out in a time of 8 minutes 33 seconds. Your winner, Mance Warner. Then you had Marshall Von Erich facing off against flamboyant Eric Embry. Marshall and Eric have a classic yet brief battle. Eric catches Marshall with a drop toe hold where Marshall catches his throat across the middle rope. Eric leaps over the top rope with an elbow drop across the back of Marshall's neck. And Eric slides in to cover Marshall for the pin in a time of 3 minutes, 10 seconds. So there you go. You have your first five matches in the world title tournament where you have David Von Erich, Iron Mike Sharp, Billy Gunn, Mance Warner, and Eric Embry, all advancing to the round of 32, which will be fought over the course of the upcoming house shows as we get closer to the Pentagon and having the round of 16 face off there in Sioux Falls. The card isn't over yet. We still have two big title matches. Brickhouse Brown defends his television title against Buzz Sawyer. Buzz has consistently gotten himself up into the top rankings of the television title division. And Buzz and Brickhouse brawled from the opening bell. And Buzz truly dominated the entire match. He got the pinfall with the power slam off the ropes as Brickhouse tried to use his speed to keep Buzz off balance. However, it didn't work. Buzz gets the pin and his first PWA title in a time of 7 minutes, 45 seconds. So now the last month and a half or so, Great Muda has been seen defending the title against Jimmy Golden. And now Golden has been sidestep because, well, he's not been able to capture it in the two or three times that he's already had. So I give the number one contendership to somebody else, and Golden takes offense to it, which 
really is great because Golden wasn't even on the card, but he still decides to make his way to the arena and to show up and complain. So you have the main event, Great Muda defending his title against Jesse James Armstrong. And as Armstrong made his way out to the ring, he was attacked from behind by Jimmy Golden. Golden threw Armstrong into the guardrail and kicked at his midsection with his cowboy boots. Muda came out and made the save, sending Golden scurrying back to the dressing room. Muda gave Armstrong the opportunity for a rematch on the next card, but Armstrong refused. Although I seem to say this a lot, the match was truly a classic of wrestling skill and technique. Golden made his way back out to the ring twice in the first 10 minutes, but he was driven back by both Muda and Armstrong. Focusing on each other in the ring, Muda and Armstrong battled brilliantly. Although there were no near falls for the first 20 minutes, the two wrestlers put on a clinic as to how professional wrestling should be done. After the 20-minute mark, Muda took control of the match for several minutes, beginning with an acrobatic neck snap over the top rope. By the 30-minute mark, Muda seemed to be in complete control. He went for an acai moonsault, but Armstrong got his knees up. Golden snuck back down through the crowd again. As Armstrong began to make a resurgence, Golden slid into the ring with cowboy boot in hand. He nailed Armstrong between the eyes with it as he was preparing for a pump handle slam on Muda. Golden then grabbed Muda and pile drove him into the middle of the ring. The referee let it go, but he instructed Golden to leave the ring. Golden refused. Eric Embry ran down to the ring and slid in behind him. The referee pointed behind Golden. As he turned around, Embry grabbed his legs in a double leg takedown and catapulted him over the top rope onto the floor. Embry climbed out of the ring as the referee began to count Muda and Armstrong out. Armstrong got to his feet first, but Muda wasn't far behind. Armstrong swung wildly with a vicious left hand, but Muda ducked and caught him with a karate kick to the stomach before backflipping over him into a DDT. Muda climbed the turnbuckle and saw Golden and Embry brawling outside. He came off the turnbuckle with a corkscrew plancha onto both of them. Armstrong got to his feet as Muda played to the crowd. He hit Muda square in the chest with a baseball slide dropkick. Outside the ring, Armstrong whipped Muda into the ring steps before throwing him back into the ring. Security finally gets down to separate Embry and Golden, sending them back to the dressing room. Armstrong climbs onto the ring apron. Muda tries to get to his feet, but Armstrong catches him and sets him up again for a pump handle slam. Armstrong drills Muda into the center of the ring with the slam and rolls back into the corner. He signals for the shake, rattle, and knee drop and connects. He covers Muda to get the pin and the title, new American heavyweight champion in a time of 50 minutes, 29 seconds. Your new American heavyweight champion is Jesse James Armstrong. And as Armstrong celebrates in the ring and Muda rolls outside, Billy Gunn descends from the rafters. Armstrong doesn't see him. As Gunn gets close to the mat, Armstrong turns around. Gunn sprays him in the eyes with something. Then he unhooks his harness and drives a knee deeply into Armstrong's gut. Armstrong drops his newly won belt. Gunn bounces off the side ropes and delivers a vicious famouser onto the title belt. 
Gunn grabs the title belt and says that Armstrong isn't worthy enough to be champion. Eric Embry rushes down to the ring, but Gunn bails out of the ring and into the crowd with the American heavyweight title. So Jesse James Armstrong is the new champion, but he doesn't have physical possession of the belt as the card ends. Now it's been hinted at for a Billy Gunn, Jesse James Armstrong feud, and I figured this was the perfect way to do it. In a match that has nothing to do with him, Billy Gunn comes out at the end of it and makes a statement against Jesse James Armstrong. Now, these two guys were awesome as the New Age Outlaws, but I always wondered what would really happen if Vince would have let them feud with each other when DX broke apart. Or in TNA, if they had done the same thing. But that never happened. The Bookers always wanted to keep them together. But myself, as a true wrestling fan, I want to see these two guys. And that is one of the great things I have in store for the next few months. And I did say months because this is going to be one of those classic drawn-out feuds. Like Dusty and the Four Horsemen like the NWO started out to be. Like all of the great ones with Lawler and Eddie Gilbert or Bill Dundee or you name it. This is going to be one of those great feuds and I hope that you enjoy it. That is all for Pro Wrestling America this week. Next week, Wrestling with Theology is digging deeper into Psalms 7 and 8 as we continue to look forward to the time after Easter when the monthly segments for Confessional Corner and Digging Deeper become weekly as well as the weekly podcast for Pro Wrestling America. That's all coming up in May. But until then, this is Pastor Doug Minton wishing you God's richest blessings as you wrestle with theology today and always. Amen.